this this lesson, this class is going to be pray for the harvest. So, if you've been around any amount of time, you know that Spirit and Truth loves the harvest. We love people, and we want to help all the people that we can, whether it's in our church, or whether it's at churches near us, or whether it's at churches afar, or places afar. Well, there is no discrimination in this church against where God wants to work. Amen. So that's why you'll see we put a lot of money into Guatemala. You may say, well, why does Orange County care about Guatemala? You know, <laughs> like what's what's different about Guatemala? Well, Guatemala needed help with their orphans. And if you know about the Bible, it says that is good religion. That is pure religion when you help them. So we help them. And when it comes to MTM, sometimes it doesn't always go to Guatemala. Sometimes it goes somewhere far off. Sometimes it, it goes to the uh, Tupelo Children's Mansion or different places. But the goal of this church is to work and help the harvest. That's what we're trying to do. So we are currently praying, though, for a great harvest in Orange County. And I know currently may seem kind of like a strange word because we've always sought to seek and to save the lost at this church. But currently we are praying for 500 new friends. And we have already seen little praise report. We've already seen. 92 of these new friends added in planning center this year and we've been seeing spirit and water baptisms almost every sunday in jesus name but now we have six months left in the year and i feel god asking us this question are you ready for more yes he's asking us are you ready for more 92 in six months but do you know that with god's help we can get the rest in the next six months in jesus name we can so we can be ready for more but we have to practice what god has been impressing upon my heart and what he has been allowed to teach today so uh, before we jump in let us pray lord god i plead your blood over this group of harvesters this group of prayer warriors that have come out this saturday to push against the gates of hell to reach in and pull some lives out and i pray over not only them but I pray over their families and over their workplaces and over all the areas of their life, Jesus, that they have influence in, where they can shine a light into someone else's life. And that, in fact, will change their life and it will change the lives of that family and another family and another family. And it will just change this whole city of Orange, this whole county of Orange, the county of L.A. And it will spread like a fire across California. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Faith must produce real life change. Let's start with the basics. I'm going to go to John 2, 14 through 17, and I'm reading New King James Version, if you guys want to know exactly which one I'm reading. Now, it says in James, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Question mark. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Mm. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And I know everybody in this room has heard this before. Faith without works is dead. But have you ever really thought about it though? Because what it's saying right here is if, if somebody comes to you and they're sick or they're hungry and you just send them away and say, you're, you're not hungry anymore. It says that's not true. You need to feed them. But does that mean you don't pray for them? No. It doesn't mean you just give them a cheeseburger, send them away, and you've done, you've done faith. No, faith needs prayer. 
So we in this room today, we did not waste any time. When we pray for the harvest on Saturdays, when we pray throughout the week, that is praying for the harvest. That is necessary. But with that faith, there also must be works. There must be action. I want to match this in James with Matthew. I want to read from Matthew 5, and I'm going to do 13 through uh, 16. Ye are the, and I'm doing KJV this time. You wonder where the ye's come from, but ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. This church is a city that is right next to a hill, but it's also set on a hill. This is a city set on a hill, and we are the light of the world. And each of us in this room, we are a light. But verse 15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. There it is again. And glorify your Father which is in heaven. Amen. So it's not just good enough to have the light, but the light must be shown. It must be shared. Everyone in this room has the light. I can already feel the Holy Spirit in this place, just like Brother Kellogg said. We feel the Holy Spirit, and there's no doubt about it. Every Sunday the Holy Spirit is felt. But is that light under a bushel in your households, in your workplaces, or is it on a candlestick to where all can see? It's not just faith. It's not just prayer. It's prayer with action. It's faith with works. And we're not going to go into it today to debate about, well, what about works versus what will all salvation, all that stuff? People in the world, they like to talk about that. But long story short, they just remind me of that rich young ruler who came to Jesus saying, what else can I do? God gives him what to do and he goes away sad. Do you want to sit around debating the Bible scriptures or do you want to see 500 new friends? So today, in this class, we want to see 500 new friends. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we want to see 400 new friends, because we got 92 already. We'll, we'll count eight more. We'll just say there's somebody slipped in. But 400 new friends coming on, too. All right. So today, during this class, I need you all to commit with me to pray and act as the Spirit leads us. Can you do that? Yes. Amen. Thank you. Dead churches are full of dead faith. There are churches in this area that do not have the truth of Acts 2.38. Their people are not baptized in Jesus' name. And so they wonder why their sin has not been pushed off. They wonder why they still deal with their addictions. They still deal with all these issues, these struggles in their mind. It's because they're not baptized in Jesus' name. There is power, and I promise you in this room, there is true power in Jesus' name. This it's, is not semantics. It's not words. It's not verbiage. It is in the Bible. Every time that baptism was in Jesus' name. So this truth, sell it not. Keep it. Don't let it go. The Holy Spirit is not something that you just get. It doesn't just pop into your life and you just got it. We're not so lucky as John the Baptist who got it in the womb and he, and he jumped in the womb. All right? That's not us. No. You must speak in tongues. The Bible says there is evidence to when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. But do you know that the churches in this area don't know that? A lot of them, their preachers and their pastors are telling them, you, it just happens. You just, you get it when you were sprinkled as a kid, or you get it when you were, when you were dunked in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you know that that is a lie? That is not the truth. Man. These people need the light that you have. Yes, amen. amen. The light that you have is not, is not a flashlight, and their light is a candle, and it's the same thing. No, 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 there's a difference. <laughs> there's a difference between those lights. This is the true light. This is the true gospel. So when we're praying for the harvest, we must also be acting, not just saying, 
God, I pray for my friends. I hope they have blessed lives. I, yes, we want all that. But we are praying for the harvest. And when we see those God moments, when his spirit moves upon us with our friends, with our family, we take those moments. We go through and we actually shine our light. Now, Amen. these dead churches, though, they remind me also of the fig tree that the Lord cursed in Matthew 21. If you remember, he said he cursed it to wither and bear no fruit. Has anyone ever read that story about the fig tree? Kind of like, what is this about? Mm. It's because to God, if you are a tree that is supposed to have apples or figs or whatever you want to say, if you've got nothing, then you might as well wither and bear no fruit. Mm -hmm. So for us in this room, let us not be like that fig tree where we look so fruitful. We look like we got joy, we got love, we got peace, but we do not share it with this world. Mm -hmm. Are we bearing fruit? Is the fruit going out or are we just, we're just a nice looking tree? And we're just standing there by the wayside. We can't even give somebody shade because we don't even have leaves. No. We must be praying for the harvest and we must be acting. Amen. Our faith must be matched by the works that God desires to do through us and in us. So, yes, he's going to do works through us, but he's also doing works in you. And I know everybody in this room has felt that because we're here at prayer on Saturday. You don't get up at 6 a.m. to get to prayer at Saturday at 7 if God hasn't done something in your life. God's done something in your life. There's, there's, there, we didn't pay you. I don't know. Maybe someone here got paid. But we didn't pay you guys to come here today. You know, you came of your own free will and volition because you have felt God change your life. Correct? Amen. In Jesus' name. And that, that that you feel, you've got to let that push you as you reach for somebody else. Amen. So I've got three different ways that we can pray for the harvest. Number one, pray for the harvest to start at home. We have the building blocks of revival in our very homes. There are drummers, singers, and piano players that you drive to school every morning. The next youth pastor, hyphen pastor, or missionary is eating food at your table. A greeter, usher, or Sunday chef is sleeping under your roof. But are our families saved? Are our families saved? Are they here on Sunday? Are they keeping the Sabbath holy? Because let me tell you, keeping the Sabbath holy is no joke. That's not, just, that's not just a fun thing in the Bible where it's like, yeah, we like to get together and have fun. Yeah, we have fun. But when, man, you've got to have six days of rest. I mean, you've got to have six days of work. Some of you guys have six days of rest. But you've got to have six days of work, and you have that one day of rest. And if you can't give God that one day of rest, then you know what you're telling me? You're a Californian. You're not a Christian. Because in California, man, it's all about work, 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 money, money, money. And then when you play, you play. But play doesn't look like it does to God, you know. God's type of play is being in the church. <laughs> That's fun. But in California, we got a different culture here. But let me tell you, my God is stronger than the culture. Mm. Salvation is stronger than the culture. So we got to get out of this mindset of saying, oh, they're just busy with school. They're just busy with work. Well, let them be busy about the business of the Father. Yeah. But how will they if we don't say something? And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to pause and get out of here and say, you don't have to be mean, all right, with your kids. You don't have to be rude. You don't have to be mean. But you do need to be vocal. Mm -hmm. They need to hear from a parent, from that voice. You have a special place. But they need to hear from your voice what is true. Amen. In divorced homes, when parents get divorced and then they split and then the kids are now hearing two different sides, that tears up a kid. We all know that. Some of you guys have felt that in your own home. But you know that tears up a kid because now it's... Wait, if they're not together, then which do I listen to? Who's, who's the, if this, if dad goes to church every Sunday, but mom doesn't, do I need to go to church? Suddenly truth becomes all messed up. So for you in this room who are parents, your voice is so vital. 
Amen. You need, and you got to be praying too. You can't just be talking to your kids about Jesus. You can't be telling them you got a cigarette in your mouth and you got you got some Budweisers in the fridge and you're telling them you got to go to church more. <laughs> that doesn't work. No, no, no. That's living. That's being double-minded. Yeah. And let me tell you, a double-minded person telling you the truth it, that doesn't really make sense to people, right? Right. Somebody's trying to tell you. I, you know, I I was at the gym not long, but I was at Fitness 19 for a little bit, and I don't know how, but I got paired up with a guy who was like a trainer and he was really overweight. And I was like, if this is the results, I'm out, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if this is where I'm going to be in six months, I'm okay. I'll stay home. I can do that myself. But that's how kids treat us as Christians. When a parent is telling a kid something and they're missing church every Sunday, man, good luck. Your kid doesn't see the value in that. Your, li your life hasn't changed. The light of God hasn't shown in your life. Why do I want what you have? I'm going to go to Catholic church. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do that. At least I can feel safe, you know? No. We've got to be praying for the harvest to start at home. Amen. We've got to be praying for the salvation of our children. Our kids must be saved. We must be praying for their salvation fervently. And I know I hear some of you praying on these Saturdays for your kids. And I, I want to acknowledge that and say that is amazing. That is awesome and that is worthwhile. Don't stop. And we must match it with our actions. Do we invite them to church even when they've gotten past high school and they're still in our home? They still eat our food. They still do all this stuff in our home, but they're not at church with us for whatever reason. Do we still invite them or has that ceased? Have we put the light at home under a, a bushel? Do you have the light here today? But when you get back to your house, you kind of put it in the corner and put a little covering on it. You just live your life with them because that is teaching them exactly what you expect of them. We must not be double-minded. We must not be two different ways. We've got to be one way, and it's God's way, and it's got to be out here, and it's got to be at home. Jesus name. So in Jesus' name, I know you guys know how to pray, so pray for your harvest at home with your families. And this doesn't just mean you're immediate. This means your cousins, your nieces, your nephews, those who live in different houses, but they are still your family. That is still part of this harvest. I believe it. I believe Amen. this church is not going to grow by individuals. It's going to grow by families. Amen. You save one person, that's great. But what if that one person is tied to 15 other people and all of them come in? Man, I want to see that. Because then to get to 400, man, we just need maybe 30 of those people. Okay? So let's pray for the harvest in our homes, in our families. Do Amen. not silence the voice of God when it is speaking directly to you about talking to your families about Jesus. So that's, that's step one. Now, um, we're going to go to step two and then step three, but I want to pause for a second, and I want you to pray with me. Let's practice right now. Let's pray for the harvest in our home and in our family. Lord God, I plead your blood over the families of this church. I pray over the children of Lord, this church. I don't care if they were just children. born or if they're 18 or if they're 22, but Lord, I know that you have a Joshua, calling Jordan, that is so deep and so powerful and upon the kids here, Lord, and we're seeing them in reverb worship, and we're seeing them in the outreach, and we're seeing them at services, and we're seeing them on Sunday, Lord. These young girls and young guys on the front row that are so hungry for your presence, God. They are so hungry, Lord, to be a part of this great harvest. But Lord, I pray for some parents right now who you need a little bit of an uplift in the spirit. You need a little bit of wind under your wings. I pray that the spirit of God would rest upon your household, that you would not give up in prayer and that you would not give up in action and inviting, that you wouldn't give up in speaking truth and love and learning because if it's not in love, it's gonna be sounding brass. And they're not going to hear you. But if you will speak in love, parents, if you will take back that authority, I promise the salvation and the harvest in our homes is going to be real. And it's going to be coming this year before this year is done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Number two, as you turn your home into a place of light 
where the Spirit of God rests upon your home and the Spirit of God walks among your halls, you're going to start praying for the harvest in your life groups and home Bible studies. Each of us in this room has someone that you could teach exploring God's word to today. But if you don't know who that person is, then I would encourage you to begin to pray that God would make you sensitive to when a soul is nearby yes. in need of witness. Yes. Some of us, our sensitivity, it's, it's gone down. You know, some of us, our ears to the, to the voice of God have gotten a little blocked up. But we can pray and that can be fixed. That can be remedied. You're not too far gone. If you just think, I'm just not a sensitive person. That's your flesh speaking. That's not the word of God. You can still pray and God can still change your whole life and the Holy Spirit can renew the mind that you have to a place where when you're walking, all of a sudden you'll be going, that person needs to hear about Jesus. Mm. You're going to feel that. So I want to encourage you to start praying that God will make you sensitive to these souls. Amen. And then act when you feel him oppressing upon your mind to speak. Faith without works is dead. You're going to feel this very, very often um, at church on a, on a Sunday. God's going to be impressing upon your mind to go pray for someone, to go say something, and you may quench the spirit, you may stop yourself and say, I'm crazy. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you, nine out of ten times, if that's a positive thing, that's probably the spirit of God trying to talk to you right there. Amen. Now, if he's telling you to go get in somebody's ear who's down here crying and praying and tell them, you're a sinner, you're a sinner, okay, maybe not. That no, might not be God's state to see. No, that's not. But when God is, is touching your heart and he's saying, I know you don't know brother Jorge is so, so well over there, but I need you to go tell him right now that he can, he needs to keep going. He's doing, he's doing God's work right now. God's with him. Amen. Hey, that's okay. But we need to start learning. If we want to have the fruits of the spirit in this church, we must start acting with the fruits of the spirit. And don't you worry. The authority is strong in this church. So if you're out of God's will, pastor will come tell you. But when he tells you, when you get that check, you listen, you be submitted and humble and you keep going. That's right. Because we can do this. It doesn't have to get sloppy. This can be powerful. This can be strong. It doesn't have to be goofy. Yeah. We got to be open to the Holy Spirit. And we got to be praying for it and acting on it. And we got to be listening to the authority that's above us. Amen. Yeah. So pray for the harvest in your life groups and home Bible studies. And if you tell me right now, Brother Josh, I've prayed and prayed, but still there is no one to teach. Then it's time for you to start a life group in your home. Because Amen. you can turn your home into that candlestick, into that house, into that That's right. city on the That's right. You may say, I got nobody to teach. Well, let me help you with this church. We will get them to you. If you open your home, we'll send you people. All right? And you can start being used mightily of God right now. Until your sensitivity, until your feelers are ready and up to par, don't worry. We'll get you some training. Because let me tell you, this church is in need of more home life groups. Amen. We're in need of more home Bible studies. Amen. Right now we have about, I'm kind of spilling some of the beans from the leadership movement, but we have about 10 life groups that are in homes. We have 10. Man, we could be way more than that. That's we right. could be way more than that, but it's going to take some, it's going to take some Joshua's and Caleb's who are going to go, I'm going to take ground. I'm going to go forward. Amen. I'm going to, I'm going to start this even though my house is bad parking and it's just me living there and I only got seats for six. Seats for six is plenty. God can give you six people, and that six that you work with, one or two of those might become an evangelist or a missionary. So Think you know what? It. It's good. not for not. Right. It's not wasted. Right. Everything God does is perfect and in order, but we must be right under that spigot, right where the Holy Spirit's pouring. And we got we got to be praying. We're here on Saturday, so I know you guys are prayer warriors, but we got to be acting. We can't just be praying. Faith without works is dead. So 
Let my, voice be com let my voice be confirmation to anyone in this room who feels like, man, I just want to do something with these Bible studies, but you don't know what to do. You need to start a life group in your home, and you can start it with your family. You, your wife, your kids, and one other family, that's a life group. That's a life group. That, that's going to be like six or seven people right there. And let me tell you, sometimes less is more. Sometimes you sitting with one or two other people is more impactful to their growth as a Christian than you getting those two to come to a group of 30. Okay? And we've got to get that in our head because right now we can't be thinking like Californians. Californians want to party. The bigger, the better. The more people you got, the more of a party you have. But let me tell you, sometimes the best times I have is with like two of my best friends. That's right. <laughs> and I'm just sitting at home. All we do is like hang out and we eat, we eat bad food and then we chat and talk or whatever. And they go home and I just feel so uplifted. Sometimes I get back from parties of 40 people and I'm like, <clears throat> you know? Mm -hmm. So we need to realize mm -hmm. God can work with six. God can work with 30. That's right. We got to be open to all of it. Because we're trying to pray for the harvest in life groups and in home Bible studies. Amen. Praise God. So step two. Amen. There you go. You got step two. And I want to stop right here like we did with the first one. And let's pray for this. Lord, I plead your blood over these homes. Lord, I, I plead your blood God. over the hosts and co-hosts that are God here. God bless. My voice. Lord, I pray for those right now who are the Bible pray study God, teachers Lord, of STWC. God, call, God, the people, God, who are so go, sold out, who are so forth, seeking, God. Lord, the lost, that they teach multiple times pray a week God, and Lord, they say, I don't know how much more I can do. Keep going. Set up, Keep God, going. You're doing it. You're doing it. And I believe and I know that God pray has God, a plan Lord, for each of us in this room to burdens. open our home. To start a Bible study. It could be for online, it could be in person, it could be at a coffee shop. Oh, but in Jesus' name, we God. must pray for the harvest and we must get it out of these doors. We must get out into the field. In Let Jesus' name, light. amen. Let All right, our last one. Last, last part. Jesus Finally, it's time to make Sunday the highlight of the week. Leviticus 23.3, KJV says this. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest and holy convocation. Ye shall do no work therein. It is in the Sabbath of the Lord in all your dwellings. So, there's a special atmosphere on the Sabbath. You guys know that? Yes. Amen. There's a special atmosphere when we get together on Sunday and experience the Holy Spirit, and we hear a fresh word, and we see the anointing resting on our worship leaders, and we feel it in the room, and we see new people change and their lives change. Sunday is a special day. But I want to pause and say this. If you are breaking the Sabbath currently, this needs to be changed. How can God send you a new soul or a new friend when you're too busy on Sunday after church with work to take them out to eat? When you have no time on Sunday because as soon as you get out of that, that 9 a.m. service, you got to book it back to work because you got an eight-hour shift. you got a nine-hour shift. How are we supposed to take care of these hungry people when we're too busy? When we work on the Sabbath, when we do not rest, you're telling God two things. A, you don't trust him. To provide and take, and because of that, you take matters into your own hands and you work. You say, God can't provide for me, so I gotta work seven days a week. I, I don't I don't have time to take a break. I live in California, my bills are too much, my rent's too high. Let me tell you that is not the voice of God in your life saying that. Right. I don't know who's been speaking to you, but that's not Jesus Christ. Because my God is a provider. And every time faith is put in God, it's gonna be returned with his blessing. Every time. Now, sometimes it's not in your time. Sometimes it blows your mind because you're like, it's at the last second. And he swoops in and he saves the day. 
but my God's a superhero. Yeah. My God is in charge. My God's got a plan, and he's not the CEO of Apple. He's the CEO of the world. So my God can bring you up from the bottom, and he can put you down from the top if you need it. So let me tell you right now, we got to put our faith in God. Because then there's also B, and this one we don't talk about as much, but you are more in love with your work than you are with the Sabbath. It's Sunday. It's time for church and rest. But, man, you really like your job, though. And you'd really rather be at your job than at church on Sunday worshiping God. Mm. That's something else. That's another issue entirely. Mm-hmm. That one is almost deeper than me than, to me than the first issue. Because that one means during your week, I don't know what your prayer life is like or your yeah. Bible reading is like. Because Good. you enjoy yeah. work. You desire work. But let me tell you, we were not put on this planet to work for others. That's right. God gives us jobs because we've got to pay bills, right? We got to pay bills, but that doesn't mean we must fall in love with the bills. We must fall in love with the culture. Some people, they fall in love with their jobs to the point that their families are falling apart. I'm going to, I'm on three right now, but you go back to two and then one, you look at their household. It's a mess because they're so in love with their job and they're breaking the Sabbath. Let us not just pray for Sunday. Let us not just pray for the miracles on Sunday, but let us be here in spirit and in truth and let us not break the Sabbath. Because I don't know what God can do through a prayer warrior that's praying all the time, mm. but on Sundays they're not in the house of God. Mm. I don't know. I'm not sure what happens in that situation, but let's not find out. Let's not break the Sabbath. Let's keep that commandment holy. Yes. And let's pray for the harvest on Sundays because let me tell you, every Sunday you miss, there was someone at church that you were supposed to touch that day right. with your life. I promise you because God uses the people in this room to do the work that he wants to do. I'm so thankful he uses us. He doesn't have to. He could do it all without us. He could ignore us and he could just start, you know, doing everything, just filling people with the Holy Spirit. But no, but he uses humans like me and you. We're imperfect, but we are so blessed because he allows us to come on Sunday to do things that we shouldn't even be doing. We're not worthy, but I thank God that he allows us to not only pray, but to do work in the harvest field with him. We need to pray that on Sunday, God would draw hungry souls to the house. And we're doing it. I know. Every Saturday, we're praying for it. Every week, we're praying for it. But we must also be willing and ready to disciple and cover them in prayer. When they come, here's my question to you right now. Who can you take under your wing? Because there's somebody in this church who looks like they're okay. They've been here for a few months. They're worshiping every Sunday. And, man, they just need somebody to put them under their wing. They need some seasoned Christian, some seasoned saint that knows the value of Sunday, that knows the value of prayer, and that has heard so many. Have we not heard enough sermons yet to be so blessed, to be so fat in the spirit? <laughs> Man, we've had Joel Urshan, we've had Brother Stone King, we've, we've had, every, we've had TF Tenney, we've had everybody come through here. We have heard the good sermons, but it's time for us to use what we have learned and what we have gained for someone else's benefit. It's not time to sit back and... Thankfully, a lot of us are skinny, but in the spirit, be sitting on our chairs, taking up two or three seats. Let's let's lose a little bit of weight and share it with somebody else so they can sit next to us. Let's put somebody else, because I promise right. you, these new people, they are hungry for mentorship. They are hungry for accountability. Yeah. They are hungry for friendship. And all of that is under the umbrella of discipleship. Mm-hmm. We can do that. So, I want to end with this scripture from Matthew 9, 35 and 38, New King James Version. 
Uh, it says right here, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. You guys have heard this a lot, but here we go. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them, because they were weary and scattered like sheep, having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. We need more laborers. The harvest is plentiful. And I believe the harvest in California is more plentiful than in any other state in America. I believe that. Amen. We are blessed here with a very large harvest. Again, I come to you with good news today. But we also need some laborers. Yes. We need more. Yes. And we in this room, maybe you're a laborer who has ended up on the bench because of life or because of your time or because of your busyness or, or whatever. Or maybe you're a laborer who is in and you have been laboring and you have been reaching for the harvest. I want to say thank you to all those in this room who are laboring right now in the harvest. But help us conscript some new troops. Help us recruit some new laborers with our prayer, but also with our voices. It might be some of you I, I know. Sister Twee, man, she's teaching more Bible studies than anyone has time to teach. But she's teaching so many Bible studies. But she's been recently pulling along with her some, some other saints to help. And that, you may think like, what, what is that? No, that teaching them how to teach, that's a big thing. Because then that person can become the next Twee. Okay, so if you're somebody who, man, you're just really good at life group, bring on a new co-host this trimester. Bring on somebody new. And help them and show them what you do because we need more laborers. And we've got to be reaching and grabbing. And you know what? Maybe it's not through Bible studies or maybe it's not through that. Maybe it's just being encouragement. Do you know that we struggle sometimes as Christians encouraging each other on Sundays? Because sometimes because we're in California, we just come in with these big smiles. And we know how to do the Instagram life where everything looks perfect. And then secretly we're just falling apart. Well, maybe on Sunday in order to get more laborers, it's just you going up to somebody and saying, hey, man. I love you, and I'm so happy to see you at church today. I'm so pumped to be worshiping next to you today. You don't know, but that might have just changed that person's mind on suicide. That might have just changed that person's mind on whether they can do this life or not. Because there's some people who don't know if they're going to make it till next Sunday. Not us, right? Praise God. Thank you that you guys are in this room, but we need to fill these chairs with more people who, for whatever reason, sometimes they fall out of church. They need to get that same strength that God has given us to be faithful. Mm. Faithfulness is no joke. Faithfulness is, to me, the unsung hero of the church. The people who are faithful, who day in, day out, they're here, that inspires me. I'm going to do a little praise report, and then I'm going to close. But um, next step three, this last, this last round of classes, we had two people in there. And one of the girls was someone who she had messed up her foot that week before or two weeks, and she was on, like, a big boot, and she was, like, you know, barely going. But you know what? She was up there in class. She made it up the stairs. She, she made it up there, and, and it was, she was early. She was up there sitting in her seat, and I was like, here's something I've learned about doing church work. You don't give people an out. Because if you as leaders and if you as the true Christians of the world won't give them an out, they normally won't take that out either. So I didn't tell her, do you want to skip class today? No, no, no. She climbed up those stairs. I'm going to let her sit. So I got her a chair. I said, you want to put your foot up? She said, sure. She propped her foot up, and she did next steps three. Okay? 
But if the other person in that class, there was only two, and you may go, two, why don't you skip class? Because we never skip class. We never skip out on a chance. If there's at least one person, it's the same with the harvest. If there's at least one person, we're going to harvest. The other guy in class, he's sitting there, and we're sitting in class, and he gets a call halfway through, middle of the lesson, and he gets a call. His dad's being rushed to the hospital. And it's like, man, and he's, he kind of just sits there, and he had, he had, his, uh, he had, his, he had a, a friend in class with him. And his friend actually like really attends this church, has been here for a while, and she was like, can he go? And I said, if he wants to go, I'm not going to stop him. His dad's going to rush to the hospital, you know? But she looked at him and she said that, and he went, I don't want to go, I'm staying. Mm-hmm. And he said, my dad's going to be okay in Jesus' name. And he said, he's going to make it, and I'm going to see him later. But he said, right now I'm going to finish this class. Mm-hmm. The harvest is plentiful, but we must pray and act. Yeah. We must act. Because they need us to act, not just pray. Don't just cover me in prayers. Come say hi to me on Sunday, because I want to know. All right, you guys can stand to your feet, please. We'll end this in prayer for the harvest in our church on Sunday. And here we go. Lord, I plead your blood over this mighty army that is in this room. And I pray for this harvest. I know we prayed for our homes and our families. I know we prayed for our life groups and our Bible studies. But now I want to pray for our Sunday. Because somebody's going to walk in tomorrow and they're not going to know what hit them because they're going to come in and feel the love of God like they've never felt before. But I pray that one of these mighty prayer warriors would go up to them and say, hey, my name is Josh and I'm so excited to meet you. Lord, that we would take them under our wings. Lord, that we would take them into our homes, that we would say, you know what? I know Sunday's great, but do you want to do exploring God's word? Do you want to do a Bible study? Do you want to just talk? Do you want to just go get some food? Lord, we are going to pray for this harvest, but let us act in this harvest. Let us do the works that you said. Faith with no works is dead. But this is not a dead church. This church is alive. This is a faith-filled church. And this church is not only faithful in tithe and giving and in Sunday attendance, but we are faithful, Lord, to do the work that you have called us to with this great commission. So in Jesus' name, Lord, I loose upon them in this room a double portion of your spirit, Lord, of your anointing, of your blessing, Lord, and of your fervency and your love. And in Jesus' name, Lord, amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise right now. Thank you so much for coming out to prayer and staying for school of prayer. Um, Please remember, next Saturday is our outreach at 10 a.m. Let's, again,